Warning, the following audio transmission is based on theory and is intended for entertainment purposes only. It's Doomsday and its affiliates will not be held liable for anything your dumbass does. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome everybody to It's Doomsday Podcast. Today is October 9th, 2022. Time is 1807 and joining me as always is Big Daddy Prep. What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing fine. If I don't take a finger off, I'm going to build this new studio. And I'm building a studio, Jester. You're going to love this. You're going to love this feel. I'm building a studio where I can also have my chickens and my studio in the same place. So yeah, I really am a true prepper redneck, I guess. Uh, chickens in my studio <laughs> so guys if you hear chickens in the background that's why um a couple updates for you guys before we really tear into this episode uh number one the email it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com make sure to send us an email drop us a line if there's topics you want to hear or you'd like to be a guest on the show uh the other thing guys is we are now putting our episodes up on youtube so if you are listening to this there is a chance you could be on youtube if you are listening on youtube make sure to subscribe and drop a like and share the uh, show out all that good stuff and if you guys are sick of all the apps and you enjoy the show and you want to start deleting some of them and you got the youtube there you go you can also do that so it's a good thing it's a good thing uh, having the uh, youtube oh yeah it absolutely is it's it's great having the youtube it's a whole nother platform for, for people to go find us or check us out on but before we get into this al i got a story i want to tell you man okay so, Al, people are getting more and more crazy in this country, probably throughout the world. But something happened uh, today at our restaurant that scared the shit out of me. And it's a good thing my wife didn't call me and tell me as it was happening because I probably would end up shooting this guy. <laughs> so this guy comes into the restaurant today on some sort of drugs. Don't know what this guy was on. He is obsessed with the cameras that are in the restaurant. Starts telling my wife. She needs to make sure the cameras are on because somebody's coming to kill him. All right. Oh. This guy is on some sort of crazy drugs that got him paranoid, schizophrenic, something. And he is making gang signs into the cameras. He is just, he is all over the place. Right. To the point where uh, they had to call the police because they felt extremely threatened. I went back and looked at the camera footage that my wife showed me. This is a guy that you would see on America's most wanted for murder, like has that type of, of look about him. Right. Yep. So the police didn't really want to do jack shit. It took him 10 to 10 to 15 minutes to eject him from our establishment. And they didn't even take the guy into custody until he went to a neighboring business and started causing problems there. Now, I'm going to tell you guys something. You guys know, I back the blue hundred percent all the time. This situation for me today is, they let this dangerous schizophrenic on drugs individual back out 
into society, back out in the public when they could have taken him right into custody right there, all right, waited for him to go harass other people. He went into a neighboring business, and they had to call the police on this guy, and the poor girl that worked there went and hid in the bathroom because she was so terrified, all right? And I keep hearing stories like this just popping up left and right, and I'm in a small town. It's not a highly populated area, and we're having these things happen here now. Something is very wrong in society. People are very sick right now. Things are getting worse. All I'm going to say, guys, if there's ever a time to be on your guard and get ready for things like now is that time. And that brings us into today's today's episode, which is basically if you're a prepper, you need to not become complacent. You need to be keeping you need to keep working on stuff. You know what I'm saying now? Absolutely. You always need to be going to the next level with every prep that you have. I mean, if it's one thing that you have, you need to have two. You always need to be building. You always need to be training. You always need to be uh, getting to that next level. You never need to get to be complacent ever. Exactly. I 100% agree with you. And I mean, you guys know if you follow me on TikTok at its Doomsday Podcast 2.0 or you follow Al on there at Big Underscore Daddy Prep, you guys know that we're constantly working on our preps. Where I'm constantly posting a video, hey, I'm, I'm doing this new upgraded thing for my preps, or hey, I'm working on this, or hey, you guys should have one of these. All these things are we're, we're posting online all the time, guys. My biggest thing lately is I'm converting some of my tool collection over to be tools that could be basically recharged off the solar generators, all right? Now, I know Al could tell you, he's, Al's just probably, Al's more prepared than I am in a, in a lot of ways, I guarantee it. I'm that type of prepper that that feels like I'm never doing enough, that there's always more I could be doing. And you guys know I talk about that all the time, that I, I will never reach that level of 100% preparedness in my mind. Right, Al? I think, Jester, if you are a true prepper, you never get to uh, you never get the complacency that you that you should never get complacent. You should never feel like you've gotten to the the plateau, the, the the to the peak, and you're done. Never, ever, ever. And and if you have one of something, you need two. And if you have two, you probably need three. It's it's an ongoing battle. It's not only just in things. I see people go invest in things and they've got stuff stacked up, but stacking up things in your mind and stacking up traits and things that you could have, that's just as important as the physical items you have as the mental items. So, you know, I, I might be prepared in some ways. You're probably prepared more in other and, and and other preppers are more prepared in other ways. But a whole rounded prep and then continually building upon that, that's the key right there. You, but you never get to that point. You're always chasing that. Yeah, it's like it's almost like a bad drug. My wife calls it a sickness. <laughs> but um, something I wanted to kind of throw out there to you guys, yeah. and, and the, the reason why we were doing this episode is like, you know, don't get complacent in your preps. Keep going. Let's go through some things that you guys need to be working on and that you guys need to be doing as people that are that are new to prepping or people that have been prepping for a long time. And I think the one place I want to start with with this, Al, is the electronic side. We are all becoming heavily dependent on electronics. And 10 years ago, five years, hell, five years ago, there was nothing electronic in my preps. I didn't have, other than a set of two-way radios, I didn't really have anything that I thought I was going to need. I had the basics. I had my two-way radios. I had my uh, flashlights. And that was relatively it. I never 
put too much thought in, you know, these electrical items that are going to help me in the apocalypse of other, of course, in a generator, but that's a different topic. But when I'm saying this now, we've got solar generators, we've got ham radios, we've got two-way radios, we've got CBs. I have flashlights and just so many lights out the wazoo. I've got mobile internet that can keep me connected. If one tower goes down, I've like really amped up the game here as far as electronics within my prepper arsenal. And this is, this is, I've went a long ways with this as far as I have cases of rechargeable batteries and ways to keep those batteries recharges. So I can ensure that I never run out of flashlight batteries and, and weapons lights and, and other things of this nature. And now I'm to the point where I'm, I'm buying up Faraday bags and I'm starting to put all these things in Faraday bags to ensure that they're greater protected in the event of an EMP or something like that. But guys, don't become complacent with that. Make sure your batteries are consistently charged up. If you got backup batteries for the ham radios, make sure those are good. Make sure you have your batteries in an area where you can locate them. Don't say to yourself, oh, I've got 50 batteries in the junk drawer. We're good. No, no, no. Get that. Make sure that shit's charged up. Make sure it's organized. Make sure you know where it is. Right, Al? Absolutely. And, you know, redundancy is the thing. Um, electronics are a thing that... I try to go for the more rudimentary ways of communication and things like that. I, I try to go back to the basics, but the high-tech things that take batteries and take power supplies, you need to stay on that. Make sure you have everything charged up. Everything is the way it needs to be. If you, It's just like a tent. If you take a tent and you throw it up in the attic, you say, oh, God, a tent is great. Well, how do you know the mice didn't eat into it? How do you know it didn't dry right? You never know. So it's the same thing with electronics. You constantly have to keep your batteries up. You have to maintain some batteries. Look, I've got all kinds of equipment that requires water and batteries, you know, and requires maintenance and making sure everything's done right. You have to maintain these things. You, you can't just throw them in the corner and assume it's going to be good in case something bad happens. So it takes an effort on your side to not just go out and purchase the item, but have the upkeep of the item. That's where a lot of people fall. They fall victim to their own selves. Hey, preppers, do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at readywise.com. D-O-O-M-10 for 10% off at readywise.com. Absolutely, 100%. And something else I'd like to go in with this, I think if you're a prepper, you obviously have weaponry. You have knives, you have guns. Let's talk about some of that shit. Um, I'm probably the worst when it comes to losing pocket knives. I've got a, I've got a multi-tool that I bought and I, I lost it and I can't find the damn thing anywhere. It's somewhere buried. <laughs> and I've been like debating on buying another one, but I'm really trying to hold off till I find the one I'm looking for. But so right. guys, you know, being able to locate your items in a moment notice could make or break you. Um, don't do like I do put something in a drawer, forget where it's at. Then you go back and look for this thing and it's just gone. Don't, don't be that guy. I do that all the time. But also, you know, the idea of the knife thing and the gun thing is keeping your knives sharpened right? Don't let them get all dull. Wait till the last minute and say, you know what? Now I need to cut something. I need to have the sharp or, you know, I just went out and I took a deer and all I have are these dull knives. Keep up the maintenance with the knives. I know a lot of people don't think about that, but this also translates back to 
the gun maintenance and being proficient with that. Okay. Stocking up on the gun oils, stocking up on the cleaning supplies, making sure you can keep your firearms clean and well-maintained is what you're going to want to do. Because if you're not in these firearms, you have all these guns and ammo stocked up, but if you're not taking care of these things, they're not going to do you a bit of good when they quit functioning. Right? No, sir. No, sir. You, you have to keep a good, clean, well, uh, maintained, um, second amendment tool, a firearm, whatever you want to call it, your guns need just as much attention as your wife does. And, I, and my wife hates to hear when I say that, but it's true. Your guns need the same attention you give your wife. I mean, seriously, they, they need to be taken care of. They need to be talked to nicely, all those good things. Uh, that's what people do. They Most of the time, they buy a weapon. They, they take it out. They shoot it a few times. They throw it in the safe, and they go, oh, I'm good. I got this. I got my AR. I got my so-and-so. It doesn't do you good if you're not proficient with it. It doesn't do you any good if you don't keep up the maintenance on it. If you don't routinely go out and shoot and use the weapon, it, it's useless to you. It's just another hammer that you just keep in a high-dollar safe. So, folks, you have to take care of these items. Uh, cleaning. My God, man, nobody cleans their weapons anymore. It seems like it's taboo nowadays to clean a weapon. Uh, nine times out of ten, these young people nowadays, they don't understand to even clean a weapon. I didn't know you had to clean Yeah, you have to clean a weapon. You have to take care of it properly. How do you think it's a, it's a functioning mechanism? It has to be regularly oiled. It has to be regularly used. It has, you have to make sure that you're not having anything buildup on it, you know? Firing rounds creates buildup. So you have to go out and make sure these things are taken care of and cleaned properly. Absolutely. Don't be that guy that goes out and shoots it and puts it in the safe and forgets about it, right? I mean, I'm I'm semi-guilty of that because uh, when I used to carry a gun for a living, I had to go and I had to shoot periodically and I had to, you know, go to the range continuously just to keep up, keep my skill level up, right? So I could be more proficient. Now, there was many times I just put that pistol back in the case and it went to work with me how many days dirty and, you know, didn't get to clean it for two or three weeks. I mean, so it does happen and it's not a good habit to get into. Whenever you fire that thing, you should have a plan or you should have time set aside to clean it after the fact. Right. Absolutely. You you just have to take care of things. You can't just purchase them and just expect them to be there. It's just like the batteries. The guns are just like the batteries, just like everything else. You have to take care of things. Now, this goes beyond, and it goes even deeper than the guns, though. So let's get into the idea that, you know, the, the next thing people are stocking is they're stocking, I would say, water filtration and food. All right? Yes, sir. Now, yes, sir. if you have uh, water filtration devices they can go bad. You need to be looking at dates on filters. You need to know how much, if, if there's something you're actively utilizing now, you need to be monitoring how old they are, if they're rated by gallons, how many gallons are going through these things, if they need to be stored in this, if they need, if they have a proper way to store them in an improper way, make sure they're being stored the proper way, right? Don't negate that. Sure. And, th and then the other thing is, is the food side to this. You better be rotating those food stocks out. You don't want to have a bunch of expired stuff and end up get, making yourself sick in, uh, in doomsday, right? There's a couple things there, Jester. Like, number one, with the water, a lot of people that aren't well-schooled in prepping, they, they go buy a water filter, they go buy a water straw, and they go, let me try it out. I'm going to try it. And they don't dry it out properly. They don't store it properly. And it builds mold inside of it. You and I both know if anything that is a water filter gets water in it and it sits stagnant, it will eventually sour. It will get 
nasty grossness in there and that's what that's what you'll end up with when something bad happens it's just like food you can buy all the food in the world and stick it back now we say dates are only as good as you want them to be i mean things can go out of date and be perfectly fine but if you stick a bunch of food back for 10 years in cans and you don't check any of this how do you know it didn't bust how do you know it didn't go bad how do you know the cans didn't swell you don't know so you have to constantly be looking at the items that you have storing them properly going through the dates if there's something that's going out of date eat it and replace it with something else you're already going to have to go out and buy other things to replace it with i mean in my world you do so rotate your stock out if you've got cans of chili we'll just take chili for example if you have cans of chili that you know are going out of date eat your chili replace it with something else or with more chili with with a newer date but you constantly have to be checking and rotating dates and and and, and water filters are another thing too you know if you if you bust a water filter if you break a, the seal on a water filter yeah, the time starts expiring very quickly if you go and use a water filter or you put water through it it's going to get ugly if you don't dry it out properly and clean it properly. So, again, another situation where taking care of what you have and using it and having upkeep with it will keep you safe in the apocalypse or just any bad situation. I 100% agree with you, Al, and it kind of leads me into kind of something else I'd like to get into. So let's talk about the people that have done a lot of preps as far as, you know, generators, security aspects to their home, things like this, and, and the maintenance with these things as well. Guys, look, if you put up, say, security cameras on your house or you put up motion lighting or, or anything like this, you need to be going and checking that stuff periodically too. Make sure that your DVR is actually recording and doing something, right? Go back and check every once in a while to make sure your cameras are working. If you have a lot of things locked up in sheds and um, maybe different places like key and lock sets, know where those keys are. Make sure those locks are still functioning. If you have a bunch of tools locked up and all of a sudden, hey, I haven't went into this building for a year and this locks froze up and I can't get into it. And oh, shit, I didn't stock any WD-40. And if you don't have access to these things, you're screwed. The same goes back when we talk about things like generators, right? If you're not if you're not rotating fuel stocks with those or if you don't have some starter fluid laying around or you're not changing the oil on these things they're not going to do you a damn bit of good in the apocalypse so that's another thing no sir if you don't take care of things like this whether they be a solar generator a diesel generator a, a gas powered generator anything requires you to have a certain amount of maintenance to it i don't have personally i don't have a solar generator i wish i had one but i'm sure that you need to check connections i'm sure you need to make sure something doesn't eat the lines going to the solar panels you need to make sure that if you're going to store a generator over over a long period during the winter time that you actually have stable in the fuel or that you actually drain the fuel out you need to change the oil periodically understand that if there's a bad situation that happens you have to run a generator for a long period of time you cannot continue to run this generator on the old oil that's in there you're going to cause catastrophic damage sooner or later so you're going to have to shut it off eventually 
check the oil and you're also going to have to change the oil. So this goes back to the maintenance program. You know, a lot of people, they'll go in and they'll, they'll buy a generator and they go, okay, I set it in this quarter. I've got it. I got fuel for it. Okay, I did what you told me to. But they didn't check to see if there was oil in it. They didn't check to see if there's a filter that goes with it that needs to be changed. They didn't see if there's an air filter in it that needs to be changed periodically. They don't do any of this. And then when they go out and they find out that mud divers have gotten their, in their air filter and clogged it up and oh, some of the oil had a bad seal. The oil drained out and it was only half full and I ran it and I blew it up. These are the things you have to do if you're going to be a prepper. You can't just go buy, be a, I call them credit card preppers. They go out, they throw the credit card down and they go, okay, I'm good now. I've bought the stuff. I did what you told me to. I got the stuff. I'm done. No, you're not done. This is the lifestyle. If you just want to pay for things, pay for a hotel room in the apocalypse. If you're going to buy items that you're going to use for the future, you need to maintain them. We always get accused of being hoarders, hoarding up things. If you don't take care of the things you have, that's what you're doing. You're hoarding up things that other people could use. Um, that's just my take on it. That's why I believe. You know, I've been getting this whole thing from my wife lately about how we're just hoarding shit. That, <laughs> that it's... It's this sickness and I shouldn't be like buying all this stuff. And I looked at her, I looked at my wife the other day and I said, I said, the last time I bought anything prepper related was the, the new solar generator. Right. And I said, before that, it was a couple cases of beans. And that was like five months ago. I said, I only buy, you know, and that's part of it, you know, buying things when, when you realize, Hey, there's something I need that I don't have, or, Hey, it's time to rotate out. Like I was going through my food stocks. And I'm like, man, I've got a ton of dry beans, but I don't have any canned beans. So I need to have some canned beans in there just in case, hey, I don't have a ton of access to water to, to soak these beans and actually cook them. I could just crack open cans of these and add them into rice or add some meat in there, or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So and that that's part of what we're saying with not becoming complacent, realizing that, hey, there might be some more things that I need or, hey. I can't have one without the other or, hey, it's time to rotate this stuff and I need to get some more, right? This is the idea of not becoming complacent. Don't just don't just hoard it up and have it all there and think I'm good. And then you go back into your stockpile three years later and half the shit's bad. It's full of ants. It's full of mice. Everything's been destroyed because when shit hits the fan, you're going to be screwed. Jester, there are four different kinds of preppers, okay? There's the first kind of prepper. They're the credit card prepper. They go out and they buy the stuff. They stick in the corner. And they don't worry about it. Then there's the kind like you and I that try to go out and buy and purchase what we need and try to keep it up. But we get busy with life and we don't always do that. We strive to do better. Then there's the type of prepper that they're just the, 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 the I call them the anally retentive prepper. They're the guy that goes out and they're anal about everything. They've got labels on everything. They've got a label on the generator that says generator. But when it comes to actually maintaining things, they've got everything organized, but they don't have any maintenance organization. Then there's the super prepper. That's the guy we all want to be. I've not found this guy yet. He's out there, but I've not found him yet. The super prepper, the guy that's got everything straightened out. He's ready for every situation in the apocalypse. We strive to be that person, but I've yet to meet him. Have you met him? Because I haven't met him. I I haven't met that guy yet. I aspire to be that guy one day, and I probably will never get there, but I'm hoping that I'll get there. 
<laughs> I hope to either meet him or be him. But I don't figure on my budget I'm going to be able to be him. But maybe I'll meet him one day. <laughs> Hopefully. I mean, you know, and, and the reality is, is for the new preppers that are out there and even for the, the people that have been doing this for a while, guys, I mean, there's no there's no race for this. Right. It, it's not a situation where we're all trying, you know, we're all in a race with one another. Well, I'm doing this before this guy and I'm doing that before that guy. No. And if, if you're a new prepper, understand that this stuff takes time. Al and I didn't wake up one morning and say, you know what? We're going to be preppers today. Let's go buy all this shit. Let's go hit right. up yard sales and start stacking all this stuff up. Like for me, my mentality is I'll be walking through a store and be like, hmm, that would be great for doomsday. Let me pick one of these up and throw this in my stockpile or. Or, oh, shit, they got a bunch of these flashlights on sale today. These would make great barter items. Let me buy 10 of them and just throw them back somewhere, right? But again, as far as not becoming complacent, when I do buy these, I've got, Al, I've got an ammo can full of flashlights for barter items, right? And they're just your cheapo $2, $3 flashlights, or typically they're 5 bucks, but they're on sale, you know, buy one, get one, something like that. And I buy these things. I take the batteries out of them because they usually come with junk batteries anyway. Right. And I'll set the batteries aside so they're not in there, um, you know, destroying the terminals and connections and stuff. And these things are in a container and they're, they're ready to go if I need them. And that's that's what I'm talking about when I'm saying don't become complacent. Don't just buy it, throw it in there, think it's going to be fine. Like, no, there are a few requirements. And I know the flashlight is not a uh, universal example, but it's an example nonetheless. Right. Recently, I went to a big box store. I won't say which one it was, but they had cooking oil. Cooking oil was going out of date. Okay, well, now we all know cooking oil doesn't, it does go out of date. Yes, it can go rancid, but it takes a long time. The same cooking oil that was on the shelf for $2 and like 50 cents, $3 was 50 cents. So I bought cases of it. And my wife looked at me and she knew I was going to get it. And she was after it too. And she goes, how are we going to keep this from going bad? I said, as much as we use it, it won't go bad. But hey, for 50 cents, listen, I'm I'm buying six for the price of one. I'll be all right here. That was my prepper mindset going. If something bad happens tomorrow, I'm stocked. But if not, I've saved money. So this is the thing you have to get into. And, and this is where we came from. This is the origins of our prepping is that we not only wanted to be ready for something bad to happen, but we tried to prepare ourselves in case anything happens. So, yeah, I did buy like three cases of cooking oil, but I'm going to use it, and I'm not going to let it go bad. And so, yes, I'm with you on the flashlights and the batteries, too. I understand that completely. Hey, preppers, do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at readywise.com, D-O-O-M-10 for 10% off at readywise.com. Right, and that's that's the other thing, too, that I've tried to tell preppers over the years is, guys, don't buy shit that you're not going to use. Don't buy foods you're not going to eat. That's the other thing people need to get out of the mindset, too. A lot of people just stick back rice and beans, and they don't even enjoy eating rice or beans. You know, there's other things that could be put back. There's freeze-dried food options. There's a ton of things. But I see that um, being, a, being a very typical thing. People buy shit and stock stuff that they don't eat, that they would never eat, just because it has a longer shelf life. I get the mentality of survival 
But if you're not going to eat it now, or if, if you're not going to eat it now, that means you're not going to eat it to rotate it. So all you're essentially doing is throwing money away. You know what I mean now? Right. Right. I see people all the time. They're, well, I got a great deal on five gallons of tapioca pudding. Do you eat that? No. But, you know, I got a good deal on it. Well, it's not a good deal if you're never going to eat it because eventually you're going to throw it out. Or eventually it's going to go bad. So buy what you eat and try to buy things for long term. But if you don't like artichokes, Chances are you're still not going to like artichokes in the apocalypse or in a bad situation. You're just going to be stuck with artichokes. So stock what you know that you, you need first. I, uh, I 100% agree with you. And I mean, the, the food, the, the big items that I stock long-term are, you know, the, the rice, the, the pasta noodles, the beans, et cetera. Like I know I will eat that stuff. And then I stock the short-term items to rotate out. But again, the point of this conversation is, guys, you got to be rotating it, right? The whole mentality we're trying to get you guys in in this episode is if you're if you're becoming complacent, don't. If you're getting overly comfortable with what you have, don't get overly comfortable. This is this requires maintenance. It requires work. Being a prepper is a job. It is not something that that is just you know, you buy these things and you throw it to the wayside. And now that's like, I know, I know certain preppers out there that just have a bug out bag and they're like, that's it. That's all I need. I'm fine with that. I'm just going to go live in the woods, et cetera, et cetera. But there, I've seen preppers where they have these bags and they never pick them up. They never carry them around. They never put them on their back. That's, and that's the other thing I think we need to get into too, is if you've bought something specific for prepping, you need to be trying it. You need to be utilizing it. You need to be making it part of you know, some sort of daily existence to where you're monitoring if this thing's going to be good for you or not. You're monitoring if it's going to last, right? You don't want to have, say, one tent in that bug out bag and you set it up one time and it rips and it breaks and you're like, wow, this thing's garbage because when you need it, what? how the hell is it going to function then? Do you know what I'm saying? Well, that goes back to my old theory about, you know, if you just take things and you throw them up in the loft or you put them in the storage and you never check them, how do you know they're going to be good when you actually need them? And that's where, as a prepper, the more preps you get, understand there's the more work that you've got to do. You know, as you store up things, as you say, well, I've got 12 tents and I've got 87 sleeping bags, things like that. It doesn't take a mouse, but about a weekend of trying to build a house to destroy everything you have. They don't go and eat up one thing and then say, okay, now when I got that ate up, I'll go the next thing. No, they eat up everything. So you have to be vigilant. You have to be checking these things. You can't take things. And I, I mean, I understand the drop um, bucket, the the, 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 the the dead drop scenario where you take a five-gallon bucket, you put things in, you store it away, and you come back to it when you need it. That's fine. But the regular preps that you have every day, your food stocks, your your equipment things, you just have to constantly be looking at it and making sure it's good. Now, I'm not saying every single day do you need to lay your finger on everything that you have. No. But regular routine, if you have to sit down and write yourself out a schedule of how you do these things, that's fine too. You know, I check on the first of the month, I check all of this or I check all of that. Getting a schedule of some sorts to do it is, is a very wise thing to do. Granted, I've not followed the schedule I have all the time. That's a fact. 
probably like you, you've probably not followed everything that you want to do either, but at least we're trying to routinely check these things. So how I do how I do my stuff with my food stocks is I periodically say to myself, this needs organized. So maybe about every 90 days or so, I go through, I organize stuff, I'll move stuff to the front, you know, I'll, I'll move dates up, you know, move the old stuff back or move the new stuff back, move the old stuff up and see what, it, you know, if it's time to rotate stuff out. And what I typically do is, is if it's something I know I'm not going to get to and it is close to expiration, I take it and I donate it and I just replenish it right the last thing anybody wants is to throw food away in my opinion we have the we have the homeless uh the the homeless uh, little pantries in the area so we go and we might drop off a box of food there of stuff that's about to be expired and then i know at that point it's like okay i dropped off 10 cans of baked beans and five cans of fruit well i know i need to replenish that and i need to go back to the store now right the other thing is, uh, guys, it, you know, as you're doing this too, make making sure that you do have enough for yourself and you do have enough for the people around you. Guys, there's calorie counters you can look up online to know how many calories you would need to have for your family for, say, a year or two years, et cetera, et cetera. And you can go through your food stocks and make sure that you're meeting the requirements that you want to meet. And that's the other thing, too. I, I You know, there's first off, guys, there's no set time frame of how long a shit hits the fan scenario will last or how long an apocalyptic scenario is going to last. Nobody knows. But if you've got a number in your head, make sure you're, you're, you know, you're meeting that number. If you think to yourself, it's going to be five years, make sure you have that five years worth of stock or having a plan to replenish that food, say, you know, the gardening aspect or the hunting aspect. And, you know, Al, that's something we could definitely touch on real quick too, is, I mean, if you plan on gardening, you better have the stuff that you need ahead of time. Have the seed banks, have the tools you need, um, maybe have some fertilizer stock, you know, put back, things like that. And the same with hunting. If you're not scouting out your area, if you don't know, you know, the deer that are in your area, if you don't know what kind of wildlife's around you, if you think you're just going to go out and hunt, you've got another thing coming. Well, I can speak a little bit for the gardening and the hunting and the uh, living off the land a little bit more than a lot of people can because I, I'm ultra, I'm not ultra cheap. I'm just very economical. And I'm going to tell you something. If you're looking to buy shells, if you're looking to buy a weapon, if you try after hunting season, a lot of people pawn them, sell them, get rid of them. After the gardening season's over with most gardening things, they go on sale at the big box stores. So this is when you gather up now. At the end of the season, you can gather up seeds, you can gather up fertilizer, tools, things like that, because they're trying to get rid of At least it has been like that up until this recent year because of supply issues. But it still happens. So go out there after the season and get your things for the next following season. I, look, a shovel, a hoe, some fertilizer, it's not going bad between now and next season. Okay, just like shells, they're not going to go bad between this season and next season. Neither is a firearm. So go out there, make your money stretch as far as you possibly can, and understand if things get harder in the supply chain, which they look like they're going to, you need to have things for the next season. So why would you want to not get them now at maybe 30% of what it's going to cost you next season? It might actually be 10% of what's going to cost you next season with the rise in prices and the, and the lack of supply out there. So yes, definitely go out and stock up. If you're someone who gardens or hunts or fishes or raises livestock, I mean, me, I'm raising chickens right now. You can hear them in the background. 
I'm worried about feed, so I am building myself a way for my chickens to free range. So I have to have supplies now. I need to go out and get everything I need to do that with before the price goes up or the supply chain stops. No, and I, I 100% agree with, with everything you're saying there. And I think, you know, just to go back and touch on something you said, you know, after hunting season, guys, something I do every year is I go, I check the clearance racks, right? And I buy you know, all the leftover hunting stuff that they have on discount. Maybe it's the, um, the no, the scent killer deodorant. Maybe it's the scent killer spray. Maybe it's some of the lures and attractants that are on discount. And I buy that stuff whenever it's dirt cheap and I just throw it in a box and it's here next year when I need it. And the shit doesn't expire in a year. So it's good to go. And I'm paying about half the price for it. Cause all this stuff's like in season guys, all this stuff is highly marked up. Right. And these, um, the big box stores and the corporations, they don't like keeping stuff on the shelves after season. So they typically go and they mark it way, way down. And you can get the stuff for pennies on the dollar of what you would have purchased it for when it's in season. So absolutely do what Al says. Go out after season, look for this stuff. Check, um, you know, definitely check the yard sales, things like that. Something else, um, you know, that kind of coincides with this is you have a lot of first time people that try something. And they say, you know, this isn't for me. And then they're looking to get rid of the items dirt cheap just because they want it out of their house, right? You might have somebody that says, you know what? I want to try my hand at gardening. They go out, they buy all these pots. They have all these seeds. They buy gardening tools. And then they're like, I tried this once. It sucked. Let me put it out in the yard sale pile. And you could show up and get this stuff dirt cheap, extremely cheap. Uh, that's very true, especially, and I'm, I'm going to say this because it happens every year right after Easter. People get baby chicks or rabbits because it's cute during the Easter season. It's not so cute the week or two after Easter. So if you're looking to raise small animals and livestock, people will throw them at you the week after Easter. And I don't believe there's anything, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And there's no throwaway animals. You know, I believe God put them all here for us to do what we need to do with and raise and stuff. So if you're looking for things like this, there's lots of places. And if you just look in the ads of the paper, you'll see a lot of people that they tried to raise chickens. Well, they can't do it. Or they tried to raise rabbits and they couldn't do it. So they're getting rid of the cage and the rabbits and something. So if that's something you're looking to get into, it's very easy, folks. You just got to brush up on the paper and the one ads a little bit. I mean, see, that's that's absolutely great advice, Al. That's something I didn't even think about is the idea that people are going to be, you know, kind of pawning off or hawking off animals after the holidays. <laughs> I had never even thought of that, but you're 100% right. And, I mean, the the new prices for some of these things, like, um, you know, the, the chicken lights and the feeders and stuff like that, when, when you're buying these things new, they could be pricey when you're buying them all and you're trying to get started. So I just think that that's great to go out and get that stuff after the fact for somebody that just wants to get rid of it all. It's absolutely great. Just, I, I bought two uh, chicken heat lamps the other day for my baby chicks. They used to, a two-pack was $5.50, and I thought that was high. I paid $13 for a two-pack the other day. $13 compared to five fifty a year ago. Jesus. Well, I'll tell you what, Al, we're about at our time frame here, guys. Uh, guys, don't forget to send us an email. It's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com. Al, you got anything else you want to add for the people out there, the non, uh, so they get out of this complacency to wake them up a little bit, to get them to be in there checking on the preps and doing any of this stuff? Yeah. Let me just say this to you. If you don't take care of your preps, when bad times happen, no one's going to be there 
to say to you, hey, you should have done, because you're simply going to be without. If you don't take care of the things to make sure they have batteries in them, they're not going to work. If you don't check your food stocks, you're going to have rancid food. If you don't check your water filtration system and make sure it's up and running like it's supposed to, you're going to have nasty water. You ultimately are in control of your destiny when it comes to your survival in a bad situation, whether it be a fire, a hurricane, a tornado, a breakdown of civilization, the apocalypse, it makes no difference. If you don't do the work now, you will not reap the rewards down the line, period. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And on that note, guys, we are out of here. Have a great week, everybody. And don't forget, we'll be live tonight on Podbean. Uh, come over there, check us out, download the app, look for its Doomsday Podcast, and then look for Al's show as well, uh, the Big Daddy Al Prep Podcast over there. Al, what times are you on again for everybody? Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on Podbean. Don't forget, guys, get that app totally free. And once again, guys, we are on YouTube, so make sure you share that out. Have a great evening, everybody. This is an emergency action message. At approximately 1 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Nora is tracking 15 ICBM nuclear missiles inbound to the following cities. Orlando, Miami, Pittsburgh, Dover, Newark, Richland, Philadelphia, New York City, Baltimore, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Boston, Seattle, Detroit. This is an extremely deadly situation. Stay tuned, the next emergency message will be a presidential address.